Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. And we are in this series, uh, actually finishing up today, called I Love the 90s. In the 90s, the, the theme of this series is progress. And uh, you think about the 90s, it was a season uh, in our nation, in our world, where there were literally uh, exponential leaps in technology. We went from 3% of Americans having a cell phone to every five-year-old on the planet <laughs> having a cell phone. We went, uh, the internet became well-known. There were there are so many things that, that we progressed in as a society, but even as you're progressing, you make mistakes along the way. Here are some things, and these were some not-so-great inventions. You remember troll dolls? Yeah. Why, now, have you ever thought, why did we think those were cool? And, and then, of course, for uh, your wallet, we had this. You remember the chain wallet? Yeah, which, uh, by the way, if you still have one, that's okay uh, if you're a truck driver. Otherwise, probably you want to get rid of those. This is my favorite one here. Genco jeans. Yeah, they're uh, incredible. And, of course, you remember Urkel? He had his own cereal, Urkelo cereal. We have all these things that uh, we tried, and they didn't work out. And as we look at church today, some of us have tried to engage and maybe it didn't work out before. But I'm looking, even though I'm talking about how to get the most out of church, I want to look at how do we get the most out of our spiritual life. And part of that is really a little bit counterintuitive. We know that the goal for anyone, no matter where you are in your faith, is that there would be some progress and growth. Uh, our theme verse for this series has been 2 Peter 3.18, where it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, if you're taking notes, will you underline knowledge? Last week we looked at grace. We looked at how God's grace changes everything. And we know the heart of God through his grace. Uh, the, the week before that, we uh, really looked at a Christianity that's bigger than me. It's really the we. When Kenneth Bay came, who was a, uh, a uh, captured missionary in North Korea, Today, we're going to look at knowledge, but a kind of knowledge that's different, a kind of knowledge that comes from experience. See, we can know things, but they don't impact our life. Uh, there's some things people will tell you about, but until you try it, you'll never really know. I grew up uh, south of here in Tacoma, and it used to be a big deal growing up. We used to call it the Puyallup Fair. Now we call it the Washington State Fair. And uh, how many of you just, how many of you have been to that, the Puyallup Fair? Raise your hand, that number of you. Uh, those of you who haven't, uh, it's really, you're not missing much, <laughs> except a bunch of scary rides. And uh, you, you are missing some food, though, if you've never had a uh, deep-fried Twinkie in your life. Uh, it is amazing. And then fair scones. Uh, I used to uh, not really think much about fair scones. I don't like bready products. But someone said to try one, 
and uh, they're absolutely incredible. They're super healthy and nutritious. They'll help you lose weight. <laughs> they're full of goodness and joy and the love of Jesus. They're actually really these great scones and they taste great. Didn't, didn't know that till I actually tried one. A lot of us, we hear about faith. We hear, you hear about from me and, and you say, okay, I, I like what I hear, but it, there's a disconnect from my personal experience. And that really has to do with how you engage uh, in this, your spiritual journey, how you engage as we gather together in community. So I want to talk about that. Next week we're doing relationship series, uh, you know, school starts, uh, probably going to have a big crowd around here uh, as we kick in to that season. But before we get there, I, I want to take a moment to reflect on how you can get the most out of your spiritual life, out of your experience here at Timberlake Church during this next season. Well, there are different uh, ways of engaging. One is as a casual observer. Uh, and if you're here for the first time, this is probably how you should engage. You want to make sure uh, that, you know, the people aren't weird, this isn't a cult, that kind of thing. And a casual observer, there's nothing wrong with starting there. In fact, you, you probably shouldn't jump right in right away to something until you make sure, is this a safe place? The problem uh, for some Christ followers is you maintain the posture of a casual observer and you've been a Christian now for a couple years, maybe 20 years, and what that will create is perpetual spiritual immaturity because we view ourselves as the evaluator of other people, other even uh, other uh, organizations instead of a participant in, and there's really no growth that way. In fact, it's going to be frustrating for you. If, if you're frustrated with your spiritual life uh, and you've maintained this position, this is the reason why. Now, a lot of times we think of engagement spiritually or as like a church member. That's another way. And this isn't bad. We offer a church membership here. Every team needs to know uh, who's on the roster. Uh, and there's an idea of being committed to something, and we know that, that that's that's important, but for some of us, it's just, hey, this is the organization I belong to, like, you know, Costco or AAA or uh, something like that, and uh, that won't change your life, although I think my Costco membership has changed my life. <laughs> and, uh, there's something that needs to go a little bit deeper than that, and this is what I always talk about as being an inspired follower, and I used to think this was the ultimate. That we're inspired to live for Jesus. We're saying, yeah, I really, what I read in the Bible, I want to be true of my life. I want more peace and joy and grace and forgiveness. I, I want to experience some excitement that's beyond the mundane, that I know I'm, I'm living for something greater than myself. And being inspired is great. We all know people who've inspired us to go further, faster than we ever thought we'd go. Maybe it was in your career. Maybe it's in your walk with Jesus. And when we when we live in those experiences, they're energizing, but they can tend to wane from time to time. And, and I realize that if our spiritual life is there, we're utterly dependent upon another person. You're dependent on your group leader, on me, on someone else when it comes to your faith. And there's really another uh, I, level, let's call it, of engagement where we're trusted partners. And as I looked at the scripture, I, I see it again and again. I actually did a word study uh, on the word partnership in the Bible. 
And uh, we see that. And it's really focused in the book of Philippians. I did a series last year called Enjoying Right Now. It was on the book of Philippians. I only had three weeks to do it, so I only got to the first three of the four chapters of Philippians. And so uh, in chapter four, though, it talks about partnership, and that's where I'm going to be focusing uh, today. Find, you know, that may be the longest it's ever taken me to finish a book of the Bible. A year later, uh, we're getting to this because it's so essential in our life and faith. This theme is introduced in the first chapter of Philippians where the Apostle Paul who writes this says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Will you underline the word partnership? Now, I had someone send me the last part of that verse when I was really in a low time in my faith. I was making some decisions spiritually that were uh, counterproductive. I was living in a life that, that honestly uh, was not according to what God was saying in the scriptures. And I, I sort of had settled into, I wouldn't say a mundane, I would say that I, I, I was losing ground. I didn't just feel like I was losing ground, I knew I was in my, in, in my faith. But someone encouraged me and said, he who began that good work in you hasn't forgotten about you, even when you've forgotten about him. He will bring it to completion. And, and then, as I looked at this years later, this, this, uh, these few verses of Scripture, I understood that, yes, that's God's promise, but what precedes it is this idea of a partnership. You want to grow then there's this partnership that we have with, with each other, that we have with God. Not, this is not for salvation. We don't bring anything to the table. God gives us that through grace. I spent a whole sermon last week talking about that. But progress comes through partnership. So how can we make progress as we go into this next season? Individually. I mean, there, yes, as a church, and that's important as well, and God's doing great things. Some of you came last week, you heard where uh, we were given this amazing building and we're launching another campus and that's, and I'm excited about that. But it's not about organizational structures, it's about spiritual progress that each of us would make. So how do we do that? You need to take your spiritual step, number one. And you might say, well, what's my spiritual step? That depends on where you're at. Uh, if you're wondering about God or Jesus, your spiritual step is finding out more. Not just hoping you'll find out more, it's to come back next week. Next week I start a, I start a new series. It's complicated, it's called Love, Dating, and Marriage That Works. Uh, that'll be practical. If you've been a believer for 30 years, this will be helpful. Uh, whether you're uh, dating someone, whether you're uh, married or, or, or somewhere along the way, because we all want uh, to have more satisfying relationships. But ultimately, it's going to be about spiritual steps. Because behind every way uh, I relate to another person is a way that I'm relating to God. Or maybe you have all this information about Jesus, but you have not said yes to him. Knowing about God is not the same thing as knowing God. See, we know God, there's a knowledge that comes from a relationship. Uh, 
you know, I, when my wife and I, when we were dating before we got married, I, I knew about her, but when you get married, you sort of really know someone after a period of time. So what's your spiritual step? The Apostle Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, what does he say? Okay, that's great. Two of you helped me. That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> what does he say? Do you think he really means that? Oh, yeah, he does. Because that's where transformation comes. And please do not blame God for spiritual stagnation when you refuse, refuse to take a step. What's that step? In that series, yeah, it's complicated. Love, dating, marriage, that works. I know there's going to be people who get mad at me. And, and uh, I'm not going to try to say anything controversial, but especially when I talk about dating. Uh, because there's some people who, you know, you've been dating 27 years. You're like, oh, the time's not right, you know. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I, I've, I've talked to people who've dated six, seven, eight years. And they say, oh, I just don't know. Hey, let me tell you, you know. And the question is, you either know that he's never going to make a commitment, and it's time to move on to the one that God has for you, or she's never going to make a commitment, or that you'll make the decision now. And uh, it's a choice between the ring and the curb. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm preaching a little bit of next week's sermon, so the... Uh, but, but see, there, it, doesn't it come down to some difficult choices along the way? See, there's always that thing that keeps us from our step. But we're going to have to make the choice, are we going to take that step? I mean, you think about it. So, so this, this, this time of year is one of the time of year in the next few weeks, between now and the end of October, people say, I want my kids to really uh, love God. I want them to have a, a spiritual, a moral foundation. And so I'm going to bring them to church. And do you know what happens? There's this person who I think is inspired by the devil and they will schedule soccer games at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, <laughs> and if that's you, repent in Jesus' name. Uh, so so you, have, you have this, we have reality that comes between our steps. A lot of times, I think there's very, very few of us who are just saying, I'm committed to making dumb decisions or bad, evil decisions. I, I, I don't meet people like that. I meet people and there's, there's life gets in the way. And sometimes we make choices and we're not sure about those choices. J just like the, uh, the whole soccer game thing or, or whatever. That's why on the Redmond campus, we're going to actually, sorry, next weekend we're offering four services. So first one at 8.30. Uh, some of you didn't even know there is an 8.30 in the morning, but there is. Uh, and you say, oh, that'd be hard. Well, you know, there are choices. And so some of those choices are, if I really do want to raise my kids this way, it, it doesn't happen by accident. Wishing something never makes something change. Uh, I've, ta I've talked to too many couples at the end of their marriage relationship, and they had wished and they had hoped, but they had not taken any action. And so, same thing with our kids' spiritual life. You just say, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some room. I'm going to work around the schedule because it won't happen unless I make that step and get them connected in community and, and, and all of that sort of thing. So, don't let, don't, 
don't let life get in the way from your spiritual step. Make room. Uh, that's why in, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, this isn't in your notes, but it is in the Bible. It's actually fairly famous. Uh, in Jewish tradition, it's called the Shema. And, and this was, for, for Jews, they, they knew this, that you were to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And see, it starts with the love of God, and then you go to the Ten Commandments, and you will have no other gods before me. Because something has to give all the time. And we just need to say, what are, gonna, what are the choices that we're going to make along the way? Number two, let people know where you need help. It's, by the way, it is not a sin to need help. It does not mean you are uh, someone who is unintelligent because you need help. We all have areas where we can learn from someone else. We talk about our next right step here. Everyone has a next right step. Uh, if you're a believer in Christ and you don't have a next right step, you've achieved perfection, come on up because I want to hear from you. I'm going to sit down. If, you, if you're growing, you're going to need help along the way. You really are. Uh, you think about that uh, e even uh, relationally. My, my daughter, a couple, couple days ago, uh, my daughter says, where's mom? Where's mom? It was like a crisis. There's, these crises happen from time to time. And I said, well, mom's at the gym. And uh, she goes, well, I, I need to talk to mom. And, and she's really getting upset. I need to talk to mom. I said, honey, you don't need to worry. Daddy's here. Uh, <laughs> and literally, she goes, you can't help me. I need to talk to mom. And I'm, now I'm, I'm like, okay. And I said, no, really, you can talk to me. I can help you. Quote, mom told me not to talk to you about this. <laughs> and uh, so now my curiosity is peaked. It's like, okay, what are we talking about? Is it like a big party for my birthday? Uh, what's going on? And I said, there's nothing you can't talk to me about. Tell me what it is. Well, we have a rule in our house about overnights. We limit overnights and sort of when they happen and how many happen. And she says, I want to spend the night at so-and-so's house. And mom said, I can't ask you because you don't know how to say no. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> my wife, that rhetorical question, by the way, some of you answered. The, uh, uh, my wife thinks I'm a wimp. <laughs> you, you know, seriously, in our, we're, coming up here on 24 years of marriage, I, I think we're at our best when we see each other in our weaknesses and we don't condemn each other, but we cooperate with each other and we help one another. And uh, that's why literally the last years of our marriage have, have been the best years of our marriage because it took us a while uh, to figure it out. What, where do you need help? Where would you have enough courage to say, I need help. I, I was talking uh, to someone after the last service, and they were talking about uh, how just how many years they've had sobriety. And you know what? Sobriety, by the way, that doesn't happen by accident, and it doesn't happen in isolation. Never. But if you're, you would be the first person I've met, and I've talked to thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people. It happens when someone says, I need help. 
And, and isn't that just like God? Because God, God says, I will oppose the proud, but I will lift up the humble. Your church family is here to help you. And so whatever that is, we may not have all the answers to everything, but oftentimes it's funny how God works when we work in partnership together. Now, by the way, don't just lead with your need. If you just go around and all you do is ask people for help, you'll burn people out. It's who are you giving help to? Some of you, and very few of you, but some of you ask for help all the time and you have not significantly helped someone for a long time. And your next right step is not to ask for help anymore, but go find someone who you can help. And you say, oh, I know I'm struggling right now. I've got a health problem, a financial problem. You are always going to have problems. Find that person who needs help. For me, my relationship to church changed. I went to a very traditional church. I absolutely uh, hated the music. There were a bunch of things I didn't really like about it at the time. But I felt I was called to be at this church. And my relationship changed with that church in my spiritual life when I said, I wonder who else is feeling disconnected. And I'm going to find someone like that. And I'm going to just see if, if I can be of any help. The Apostle Paul uh, he, he was a proud guy. Uh, he had actually supported himself uh, when, during some of his missionary work, but he came to a, a financial crisis, and he says this, it was good of you to share in my troubles. And the, the Macedonian Christians, where uh, Philippi was, were among the poorest in the Roman world in the time, uh, but they had helped him out. Uh, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. See, he was not afraid to express the need. And then that next logical step is to invest in purposeful relationships. These are relationships that draw me closer to my purpose that God has called me to, to Jesus. When I went through a period of time, and this is after I'd become a Christian, where I became a little bit more serious about my faith, I'd given up some of the behaviors that I had before, and I realized that I had to have a new, new friends for the new season. Not that I didn't want my old friends, it just they, they you know, felt less comfortable as I moved closer to Jesus. And the truth is, if you really start moving forward in Christ, that'll happen. And it's not because you're mean or judgmental. Don't ever be that way. Always show grace to people. But there are some people where grace feels like judgment. So we invest in those. And you know what keeps us from investing in purposeful relationships? One, fear. By the way, don't let fear make your spiritual decisions for you. I'm, I'm afraid to follow God in this way. You know, I, uh, what, whatever it is, you know, uh, I'm afraid to uh, reach out, to share my faith, uh, to invite uh, a friend to church maybe or to share about Jesus most of us don't have the gift of evangelism and so best way to share your faith just say hey why don't you come out check out come to church if you don't like it don't ever come back no pressure but I think you might be surprised but you can't let fear make that decision for, for some of us we're going to have incredible opportunity in this season especially with this new series I'm talking about People need help. 
and want help in that way. But are you going to uh, take, take a step? Well, sometimes it's just our own past circumstance. And in fact, this is interesting. If you read uh, Philippians chapter 4, in this theme of partnership is the only place in this book of the Bible where there's any problem even alluded to. Uh, un unlike the other epistles, there's usually some major theological issues or, or uh, personal issues. This is the only one uh, alluded to in 4.2. It says, I plead with Eodia and I plead with Syntax to be of the same mind the, in the Lord. These were two people who were fighting with each other. Uh, and if you've ever done a study in the book of Philippians, some people would say, oh, I wonder what the, the theological problem was. And, and some, some people have even said there must have been some uh, misunderstanding around faith. Uh, there's no indication that was the case. In fact, every time there is a theological issue, it's always stated. It's never left ambiguous. So the fact that this is not mentioned, not even alluded to, we know it wasn't any uh, contention over belief. They probably just had some personality conflicts. And they were letting that keep them from what God had for them. And it was becoming a distraction. And, and you notice what the Apostle Paul says. He says, be of the same mind in the Lord. He doesn't say, well, you know, just focus on the problems. Hey, I'm a big believer in therapy. It's good to work through problems and issues. But if all you do is work through problems and issues, that does not make a good relationship. That just maybe clears away the clutter to where you can have a good relationship. Sometimes we need to get rid of that clutter. But unless there's a higher calling and a higher purpose, Oftentimes, then we just focus on the problems. Think about our society. I mean, you think about some of the issues that we're having in our country today. We've, we're talking about them more than we ever have, and do things seem to be getting better or worse? I think worse. I think because there's, there's not something higher to call us to. Yeah, we've got to work through is, issues from the present in the past. But what's bigger than that? He says, if you focus on Jesus, it'll bring you together. For some of uh, you in your household, the highest God is sort of what each of us wants. But if you said, what does God want for our family? I think you would find you would make more progress than you've ever made in your life. Some of you on the edge of marriage, I, I, I just got a, just a disturbing message from a friend, not, not someone who goes here, uh, and sort of wandered away from their faith and things are falling apart. By the way, God didn't cause that to happen. It just happens when God is not part of the equation. And then uh, number, number four, uh, advance and don't retreat. We're always going forward or we're always going backwards. It's sort of like uh, my wife and I, we lived, when we lived in Arizona, uh, we, uh, we had this, uh, we lived near this big 2,200-acre preserve. And in this, it was, we had like wild coyotes that would go through our neighborhood. And uh, we had uh, javelinas, wild pigs that would go through our neighborhoods. We'd have hot air balloons. People would go out there. And hot air balloons, uh, I've never been in a hot air balloon because I value my life. That's the main reason I don't go in one. And uh, so hot air balloons can either be going up or down. They can't stay still. 
and there's the myth of spiritual stagnation. There's no, you're not stagnating, you're either moving forward or you're moving back. And so you'd say, I am going to move forward during this season of my life. You think about the Apostle Paul, he had gone through so many struggles. He really had. Uh, he had had people uh, abandon him. When he went to, to trial, uh, for he was on, on trumped up charges, he was arrested, and he was sent to trial, and the people he thought were going to be there for him were not there for him. Uh, he had, again and again, he had people who tried to cause trouble for him. And, and, and you think that he could have become bitter over the years. Instead, he says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And it wasn't just through the partnership with God, it was partnership with other people. Because if you look at uh, where Paul had had trouble and people had abandoned him, uh, Apostle Paul, uh, I mentioned before, was going blind. In fact, the book of Romans, the theology book of the Bible, he didn't actually write it. His sight was so gone at that point that he couldn't write it. He dictated it to a man named Titius, and he was there so he could shared this message, and God used him. When he was being sent uh, for trial and someone, some people were out to get him, his nephew, we never know his name, he stood in the gap for Paul, and he saved his life. When he couldn't support himself financially, we read about the Philippians, there were some people who came around him. When he was leading uh, a ministry and he needed help, there was a woman named Priscilla and a man named Aquila and a, a man named Apollos and they came around him and he remembered that God had not let him alone, left him alone. Even when some people did and he didn't focus on the people who left him alone. He focused on the ones that he could partner with. And that's why he would say at the end of this book, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To the glory of our God and Father be glory forever and ever. This is going to be an incredible season. Not just for us as a church, but for you personally. The question is, is, is this going to be the season where I take the step and move forward? And I know some of you are frustrated in that. Ben, you haven't told me the three things I have to do. What I'm saying is do something. Maybe for you it's after Grow track starts today. After the service, free child care, free food. Maybe that's your next right step. Maybe it's re-engaged. Maybe you're going to stop saying we hope our marriage gets better and you're going to actually work for your marriage to get better. Maybe it's one of our recovery groups. I don't know what it is. I would just go to the edge of, of where you think you can pull it off and say, Jesus, I trust you for the rest. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you uh, for each and every person here. God, I thank you that, God, you call us uh, to grow as uh, not only as a people but as individuals. And God, we know that growth happens when we say yes to you, when we take that step that you're calling us to. And God, I would pray for my friends who are here today, and uh, God, just the step that really you're calling them to, 
is that step to say yes to you. And if you're here and you say, you know, I can never remember a time I invited Jesus Christ to be the leader and Lord of my life. I would encourage you to take that step today. Because the ultimate relationship is the one we have with God. If you've been unsure of where you stand with God, you can be sure in this moment right now. Because he's already taken the initiative as you would respond to him. And that you would, uh, you would just say to God, you, I'm going to pray out loud. You pray silently. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. I'm not going to call you out or have you come forward or anything of that nature. But you would just say to God, just say, God, I invite you into my life. I thank you for your love. I'm in radical need of your forgiveness. And I, I know, God, that there it's not just the, the sins I commit, it's that separation from you. And God, I don't want to be separated from you. I want to follow you every day of my life. And so I invite you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. And the scripture says when we invite Jesus into our life, we can be assured of this, that our reality has changed. You may feel that presence of God in this moment it may just be more of a decision of the will, but God is real in your life. And not only in this life, but for the next. And just as Jesus said to his, his followers when they were confused, he said, I, I, I might be going away, but I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I will send my Holy Spirit to walk with you every day of your life. He promises the same to you. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for our friends who've made that decision. God, for, for some of us, it's just a re-engagement with you. And God, we want this season to be a great one as we follow you. But we remember this was never done by our efforts, but by your gift to us. And so we come to the communion table and we celebrate what Jesus has done on our behalf. Prepare our hearts and our minds. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.